Welcome to the Dr. Marvin Child Therapist Podcast. With decades of experience and appearances on over 300 radio and television shows, Dr. Marvin shares how-to techniques and information for effective and stress-free parenting. And now, Dr. Marvin. Hi, this is Dr. Marvin, and thank you for listening to the podcast. Today, we're going to respond to questions we are frequently asked, and we thank you for your questions and comments. Question. When brothers and sisters fight, if you punish both of them without determining which child actually started the fight, isn't the system unfair to the child who is not at fault? We recommend not only that parents not take sides in fights among siblings, but suggest also that if punishment is called for, it should be presented to all of the children involved in the fight. We can understand a parent's concern that the innocent child may get punished and that such a situation may actually not be fair. Remember first, however, it takes at least two children to have a fight. One child can't fight by himself. Most of the time, each child involved in a conflict is at least partially at fault. We agree that at times, only one child is actually guilty of having created the problem at hand. Unfortunately, though, you can almost never be absolutely certain about who started the fight. And if you question the children, there will be two sides to the story. By the very nature of the situation, you would have to believe one child's story and reject the other. And you would, of course, be listening to a distorted version of what really happened. Suppose that your 11-year-old child punches his 8-year-old sister, and the sister comes to you in tears trying to let you know what happened. It is always possible that the 8-year-old could have bothered her older brother earlier in the day or earlier that hour, and that he's getting back at her now. If you were to punish the 11-year-old, it might be unfair to him, even though he is the one who did the hitting that you at least observed. You cannot and should not be a district attorney or a judge in disagreements between your children. Project to your children the attitude that when there is a fight, everyone involved is to blame. The children will soon learn that it is a waste of time to come to you and to tattle, and that they should start resolving conflicts by themselves or be prepared for the consequences. This approach may not be completely fair, but you may be surprised at how effective it can be at reducing the number of fights that occur among and between siblings. It is preferable, much more preferable to, than taking sides, because when you take sides, there's a risk that you'll make one child more angry against the others. You're just teaching your children that when you have a problem with each other or a disagreement, you have to solve it yourself or you're both going to have to take consequences that I am not your judge or district attorney. The next question has to do with punishing a child by sending him to his room. The question is, 
why should I send my child to his room as a punishment when his room looks like a big toy store? There are so many things there that he can amuse himself with and he'll probably enjoy doing. How can I expect him to just sit there and do nothing? Good question. We get asked that frequently. If your child is told that he is being punished and he's not to touch or play with anything in his room, then he should be expected to follow your directions. If he does decide to do what he wants and touches some of his things, he must see that you won't tolerate such defiance. At that point, take whatever he touched away from him and either never return it or take it away for a very long time, at least a month. We suggest that if you do confiscate, confiscate a toy or a good, and that you're not going to give it back, that you donate it to a charity and that the child witness you giving his possession to the charity like a Goodwill store. If the child touches something that's very expensive and you're obviously unwilling to give it away, like a computer, then take the use of the equipment or the toy or the privilege away for at least a month or more so the child is actually missing it. Your child must be told the length of time he will be without his possession and should be reminded that, regardless of how well he behaves or what he might say in the near future, it will not be returned until the date that you have identified. Your child has to see that he can't manipulate you to get back on the punishments. We suggest that you actually remove valuable things from your child's room in an effort to keep him from enjoying them when you send him there for punishment, if at all practical and possible. You want to give your child, of course, the opportunity to resist and learn how to resist temptation. If he can't resist, then he'll have to accept the consequences of losing what he has touched. Since you will not always catch the child touching his things, you can take away those possessions, those possessions rather, that you have witnessed your child misusing directly or even indirectly. Because you'll know, for example, if a TV set is warm due to its recent use. Above all, don't feel guilty about doing these things. They are for your child's own good. Your child has to learn that not following rules comes with a consequence. This is Dr. Marvin. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast.